May God show you the right path and safeguard you from the path of his displeasure. Remember that the bane of Christianity that you consider to be harmless is, in the eyes of God, a great evil. It has ruined many among you and dispatched them to hell. This is why God Almighty warned of it in a number of places in the Holy Quran. Indeed, it is to this very belief that he ascribed the renting asunder of the heavens, the blowing away of the mountains, and the appearance of the signs of great punishment. By Allah, I am amazed at the Muslims who have supported the Christians by stating what is contradictory to the word of God Almighty. They said that Jesus was physically raised to the heavens and would at some time in the future return to the earth. The Christians consider this to be the greatest argument in support of their belief in the divinity of Jesus Christ. Indeed, they misguide so many ignorant people by dint of the same argument in spite of the fact that Jesus is dead and is living among the dead. This is affirmed by a number of arguments set out both in the Holy Quran and Hadith. The Holy Quran speaks of him as dead in a number of places. The Holy Prophet saw him in the second heaven during the night of Miraj, residing among the dead, along with Prophet Yahya, John. What can be a greater and more magnificent testimony than this? Yet the ignorant attack me when they hear it from me. They say if they had a sword, they would have killed me. Verily, the sword of Allah is sharper than the swords of this group. Have not some of them already seen the strike of his sword during the Mubahila with me? The Holy Quran repeatedly mentions Jesus, Isa, to be dead. It also mentions that he was granted refuge on an elevated land of green valleys and springs of running water. It has been established with a number of other arguments that this was none other than the land of Kashmir, where Jesus' grave has been discovered. This event is also mentioned in the old literature of this country, evidence that cannot be denied. Truth has become manifest, and all praise is due to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. The people of this country, Kashmir, have testified that the grave is that of an Israelite prophet who had migrated to this region after he was persecuted by his people, and that this occurred almost as many as 2,000 years ago. In short, there are incontrovertible arguments to prove that Isa is dead. Only one who does not believe in the categorical arguments of the Holy Quran and Hadith can deny this. Had God so willed, he would have granted guidance to such people, but he lets go astray who wishes it and guides who wishes it, and they will all be returned to him. They follow nothing but conjecture. I do not find them sticking to any reasonable argument. To cling to conjectures in the face of such precepts of incontrovertible import is dishonesty and departure from the path of righteousness. Woe unto those who do not desist. Those who do not ponder would say that Jesus' advent is a sign of the day of judgment and quote the verse. And there is none among the people of the book but will believe in it before his death. Surah Nisa, chapter 4, verse 160 of the Holy Quran. This is what they have heard from their forefathers, but they have never pondered over it like the wise. What has gone wrong with them that they do not know that the word sign here signifies his miraculous birth, which was without a father, which is mentioned in the scriptures, and which no sane and knowledgeable person denies. 
As for the belief of the people of the book in the truthfulness of Jesus, as is imagined to be the import of this verse, you are only too well aware of its reality. There is no need to delve into it further. You know that hosts of Jews have died without believing in Jesus. Therefore, do not interpolate the word of God for the sake of a belief so obviously wrong. Verily, God has said, We have cast among them enmity and hatred till the day of resurrection. Surah Al-Maida, chapter 5, verse 65 of the Holy Quran. Hence, how can they be his enemies after believing in Jesus? Is there not an iota of sense in your brains? Does this verse not disprove any such person who believes that all the sects of the Jews will come to believe in Jesus? Why are you then going against the text that is so clear and evident? Which verse of the Holy Quran is now left in your hands to which you are clinging? Indeed, I am amazed at your condition. What argument do you have to oppose me? God Almighty repeatedly mentions the death of Jesus in the Holy Quran. Why then are you not admonished? There cannot be any contradiction in the word of the Lord of all the worlds. What has gone wrong with you that you bear enmity towards irrational arguments and reject the scriptural records? I present to you the word of God, but you turn your faces aside and walk away. You are well aware that both you and we unconditionally agree on the advent of the promised Messiah. So the real contention between us and you is the issue of the Son of Mary coming down from the sky. God Almighty has settled this issue by conveying the news of Jesus' death in his enlightening scripture. Anyone whom God chooses to guide to the right path, he opens his heart to accept the Quranic statements. After all, which book, besides the Furqan, Holy Quran, deserves to be followed with the utmost conviction by you and us both? Woe unto you! You neither want to show up for the debate nor accept the invitation to Mubahila. You only attack from afar. I have numerous arguments in my support from the Book of God and the Sunnah of His Messenger but how can I present them to those who are turning away? Know they not that Allah never grants succor to those who bring innovations into faith or are unbelievers, nor are they helped. Such people are neither accepted by Him nor are they given preference as is granted to the righteous. After all, what wrongdoing can my opponents ascribe to me except that I have informed them of Jesus' death? Whereas all other prophets that lived before him are also dead, will they reject an established consensus that is evident and based on an incontrovertible argument, or will they make a decision on their own? I declare in the name of Allah that Jesus is dead. They, my opponents, are hostile to evident truths, and claim what is contrary to the Holy Quran. Indeed, they have no fear of the Almighty. What prevents them from accepting that Isa is dead? The fact of the matter is that they are people who exceed all bounds. They ascribe to him, i.e. Jesus, an attribute which is not found in any human being, and knowingly support the Christians. How can the jealousy of Allah tolerate ascribing anyone with one of his attributes, which no one has shared with him from the beginning of the world to the end of times. What can be closer to disbelief than disbelief? Would that they had pondered over this for such particularization is the very basis of idolatry.
O ignorant ones, is there any sin greater than holding partners with God Almighty? Remember when the Christians said that Jesus was the Son of Allah because he was born fatherless, and they were holding firmly to this belief. Allah responded to them with his word. Surely the case of Jesus with Allah is like the case of Adam. He created him out of dust, then he said to him, Be, and he was. Surah Al-Imran, chapter 3, verse 60 of the Holy Quran. But we do not find in the Holy Quran any response to Jesus' assumed peculiarity of physical ascension to heaven and then his descent from there, whereas the people of the cross consider it to be the strongest evidence in support of their deification of Jesus. If Jesus' ascension to the heavens and his descent from there were correct in the knowledge of our gracious Lord, he would surely have compared Jesus with a person with the same attribute in the Holy Quran, just as he compared him with Adam to refute the argument of the people of the cross. Hence, certainly, the absence of such a comparison implies that the whole story of ascension is false, it is entirely baseless, and is nothing but nonsense. Do you know what wisdom prevented Allah from giving this answer whereas he was expected to respond to and uproot the Christian inference comprehensively? The Christian scholars are a people who are with each passing day increasing in exaggeration and they do not turn towards the truth because of their arrogance and haughtiness. Nevertheless, I have fully established Allah's argument in support of Islam against them. I wrote numerous books on this subject and for the benefit of the general population, published them in far-off countries. However, when the debate between me and my opponents was prolonged and I did not find even a single person taking interest in Islam, I understood that it was a matter that demanded the succor of Allah the Great Bestower. For I am nothing except when the mercy of my gracious Lord comes to me. I then prostrated at the threshold of the Holy Lord to seek his help like a person who was already dead. It was then that my Lord blessed me with a new life by granting me two sentences and enlightened my eyes. He said, Allah has placed blessing in you, O Ahmad. The most gracious God has taught you the Quran so that you should warn the people whose ancestors have not been warned and that the way of the guilty ones might become manifest. Say, I have been commissioned from God, and I am the first of the believers. Footnote start. My enemies from among the Muslims call me the foremost of disbelievers. To refute this, the word of Allah that is recorded in my book, Brahina Ahmadiyya, is, Say, I have been commissioned from God, and I am the first of the believers. Also, my enemies asserted that I should not be buried in a Muslim graveyard. To refute them, the Holy Prophet ﷺ said that the promised Messiah would be buried in his grave and they will be raised together on the day of resurrection. This is in response to those who say that I have declared Muslims to be disbelievers and consider me from among those who will enter hell. If you have any doubt about what I have quoted above, you may inquire the righteous ones. It is from among the peculiarities of the state between the day of death to resurrection that some people, after they die, are granted spiritual nearness to the grave of the Holy Prophet ﷺ, which holds paradise beneath it, whereas some are taken away from it. 
The Holy Prophet ﷺ has therefore declared me to be from among those who will be granted nearness. This negates anyone who considers me to be from among the dwellers of hell. God Almighty will spiritually bury me in the grave of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. This is what has been intimated on a number of occasions in the Book of God Almighty, as well as in the sayings of the Holy Prophet ﷺ. Those who are cognizant of the spiritual realm do testify to the truth of this phenomenon. Another objection that my opponents raised was that those who follow me will become disbelievers and therefore should not be buried in a Muslim graveyard. To them, my followers were the worst of the disbelievers. At this, God spoke to me and drew my attention to a piece of land which he said held paradise beneath it. He said those who will be buried in it shall enter paradise and shall be granted security. Hence, there would have been no such rewards by Almighty God if my enemies had not maligned me. The hostile attitude of my enemies kindled the mercy of the gracious God to be showered upon me. All praise is therefore due to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds. Footnote end. Similarly, he gave me glad tidings. Islam will be granted dominance and will be greatly disseminated, and a jewel like you is not wasted. This was the first revelation that my insignificant self received from Allah, the All-Powerful and the Helper. My Lord granted me the glad tidings that He will show for my sake bright signs and help me by repeated manifestations of His succor, so that He should confirm the truthfulness of truth and falsity of falsehood with supremely powerful arguments and splendid miracles. Thereafter, I invited the priests, the Christians, and those who had embraced Christianity, as well as the Brahmus and the polytheists, and asked them to judge the true faith in light of the signs and succor of Allah, to make it clear who will be supported by Allah and who will be the object of his curse. However, they did not come out for this competition as the armed soldiers do, rather they hid themselves in their nests. God is my witness that if they had come out for this competition, my Lord would have shot his arrows precisely on the target, and none of them would return except in loss and frustration. By Allah, if you had made proper investigations, you would have found that Islam is a treasure house of signs and a city of their dwelling. You would have found in it the light capable of granting comfort to each and every soul. Regrettable indeed is the condition of those who deny its hidden troves, pay no heed to its treasures, and consider Islam to be like rotten bones and not full of magnificent bounties. These are the people who do not believe that Allah will speak to anyone after our Master, the Chosen Prophet They say that divine converse has been sealed after the best of mankind, the Holy Prophet. It is as if God has lost his ability to speak in this age and is able to hear only. Perhaps he may also lose the ability to hear in the future. Thus, when he is supposedly unable to speak and hear the prayers offered to him, then one can no longer rely on the integrity of his other attributes either. In other words, all his attributes will become unreliable. Hence, anyone who denies the eternal nature of even one single attribute of God Almighty denies all his attributes and inclines towards atheism. O people of wisdom, 
What would you say about such a person? Do you believe him to be a Muslim, or has he fallen from the tower of the faith? Do you believe that Islam has nothing except a handful of stories and that it is devoid of tangible signs? Has our Lord turned his blessed countenance away from us after the demise of the Holy Prophet wasallam, the best of mankind? If so, what is the proof of the truth of this religion? Has God forgotten about the reward that he had promised in Surah Al-Fatiha? That is, he would make the people of this Ummah like the prophets of the earlier Ummahs. Has not the Holy Quran declared us the best of Ummahs? What has then, contrary to the Furqan, made us the worst of Ummahs? Does reason permit that despite our best efforts to obtain cognizance of Allah, we will fail to tread upon the ways that lead to Him? And that in spite of dying for the gentle wind of mercy, we will not be granted its breeze? Is this the limit of perfection for this Ummah? While the sun of this world is about to set, know that this belief is false not only from the standpoint of perfect wisdom, but it is also false on the basis of an in-depth look of the Holy Scriptures. Is there any death worse than a death of ignorance? What blindness is more painful than the prevention from beholding the countenance of Allah, the Great Bestower? If this Ummah had been like the dumb and deaf, the lovers would have died on account of this grief. Those who melt themselves for meeting the Beloved and have no desire in the world other than achieving this objective, how can their Beloved leave them in the flames of restlessness and in the fire of waiting? There are lovers who let themselves melt away in order to attain the closeness to their Beloved. They entertain no other wish in this world except that they find the desire of their heart, God. How then can God, their beloved Lord, be so heedless of them as to let them burn away in the fires of unrelenting weight for finding a look at his blessed countenance? Had this been the case, this nation would have been the worst of nations. Its mornings would not be bright, nor its cries heard. Its people would die weeping and wailing. But this is not the case. Allah is the most merciful of all who show mercy. He has not created hunger except that with it he created food for the hungry. And he has not created thirst except that with it he created water for the thirsty. Such has been his continuous sunnah for those who seek after his cognizance. This is what I have seen, so how can I deny it after seeing it? I have experienced it myself. So how can I have doubts about it after my personal experiences? Hence, I have no choice but to call people towards that which I have found with perfect insight. Therefore, everyone who believes in Allah, the one and unique, and is not averse to kalimatu tawhid, should not rest content with old rags, but rather seek the august cloak of religion and be eager to perfect both the inner and the outer garments and should knock upon the door of God, the benevolent, with perfect sincerity and pathos, for he is most generous and tires not of the pleas of people. Footnote start. Kalamat Tawheed is the declaration of the oneness of Allah. La ilaha illallah. There is none worthy of worship except Allah. Footnote end. His treasures are beyond reckoning and imagination. So the one who asks for more will receive more gifts. Therefore, one of the beauties of faith 
is that his servant should not despair of his munificence and should not consider his door to be closed upon his loved ones. O people, you are in need of Allah's bounties and grace. Therefore, it will be a great misfortune if you reject the bounties after they have been bestowed upon you. Which of the hungry can be more ill-fated than the one who is about to die of hunger, yet refuses to accept the delicious food and wholesome bread that is offered to him, nor glances upon it even though he is struck with hunger and unnerved by it? Despite that, he does not want it. My brothers, may Allah the gracious have mercy on you. I have come to you with a feast from heaven. Upon the turn of this century, God has fulfilled the desires for which you used to pray. He, therefore, opened the doors of his bounties to you. Will you now accept them? I know you will never be pleased with me unless I follow your beliefs. But how can I ignore the revelation of my Lord and follow your desires? He is supreme over his servants, and to him alone will you be returned. Verily, I have been granted signs and blessings, and every kind of help and support. This door is not open to liars, even if they exert so hard in worship that nothing remains of their bodies except the tendons. Do you expect God to love someone who is dishonest and sinful? I have come from his honor to help you like a lion that emerges from his den, displays its canine teeth and attacks. Show me a single person from among the clergy or the atheists or the disbelievers at large who can confront me in this battleground and defeat me with the signs of Allah the Supreme. By Allah they are all my prey and Allah has closed the path of escape upon them. No jungle will provide them shelter nor any of the seas. We are covering the earth closing upon them speedily like fast-moving travelers and will, God willing, overtake them victoriously. Footnote start. My Lord spoke to me and said, I will accept all the prayers you make tonight. Among them is the prayer for the victory and ascendancy of Islam. This occurred on March 16, 1907. Footnote end. They would never have prevailed over you, but you rejected those who could protect you and have headed for the wastelands. You have shunned the refuge of the one who could safeguard you, and you fled to the wilderness. You deprived yourselves of the ambrosial food of knowledge and became as a famished one in dire straits. You made yourselves like a decrepit old man who is deprived of sound opinion and wisdom, or like an animal that knows nothing beyond green foliage. You refuse to arm yourselves with the weapon that the God of Grandeur has sent down for you from heaven. As for the worldly arms, they amount to nothing against these enemies. So now you dwell in a land that is barren and a desert devoid of water. You intentionally move away from the running streams that can satiate the thirsty. You prefer deserts and fail to take caution against those who will destroy you. Your bodies have been scorched by the noonday sun. What then has gone wrong with you that you do not take refuge under the mighty shade that may protect you against the blistering heat, lead you to the cold, sweet water, and safeguard you from falling into the pits of graves of ignorance? The biggest argument in favor of the truth of a claimant of prophethood is the very age which is steeped entirely in darkness. 
If you have any doubt about my claim, then be patient until God himself decides between us. Indeed, he is the best of the judges. Is it not sufficient for you that God granted me decisive victory when my enemies entered into Mubahila with me? They claimed that God would cause them to emerge victorious, but Allah destroyed those who were to be destroyed through clear proof. You hatched plans against me, but God made his own plan, and he is the best of planners. You can see how the enemy is encamped surrounding you, and how calamities are descending upon you. You are subdued by them due to your own weaknesses, and your selfish desires have attracted you towards them. Surely they have prepared such wiles as amaze both the eyes and insight. What is the matter with you that you cannot see the tornado which has uprooted the trees? They, i.e. Christians, are people who are desirous of apostasy and misguidance for you. They never fall short of inflicting evil upon you. They have subdued all the peoples of the world and made them like their servants and maids. 